Hey, Upstream listeners, this is another friendly heads up and trigger warning that this episode contains explicit content pertaining to mental health, stalking, sexual assault, and the like. So if these are things that would be best served by you skipping ahead, or if you need to go back and listen to one of our comedic episodes, we would always recommend that. If you feel like this is an okay decision for you to push on and listen to our conversation about this movie and the topics it brings up, then by all means, please press play and continue to enjoy listening to Upstream. Thanks so much. Enjoy. Your life slips away from you, you know? Changing your phone number and your email becomes normal. Taking out a restraining order, normal. Relocating to another city, normal. But you still see your stalker everywhere? Rationally, I know this is my imagination, but I'm alone in a strange city and I never feel safe. There's some more forms you need to fill out. It's just routine. I finished my homework. Sawyer Valentini, please follow me. Well, look, I, I don't have a lot of time. I, I should be back at work, so. What am I doing in here? Take off your clothes down to your underwear. I'm not sure what's happening here. The door's locked. It would be better for everyone, especially yourself, if you just do as I ask. There's been some kind of mistake. By signing this, you've consented to voluntary commitment. I am being held here against my will. Do you know how many calls the cops get like that every week? Those are from crazy people. Artichoke. <clears throat> Good still? You? Yes, that's exactly where you should be. Okay, welcome to another episode of Upstream. Welcome! The podcast you continue to listen to because movies are endless. And because you love us, and obviously. Yeah, 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 obviously you love us a little, at least a little at this point. Tis the season to love, right? <laughs> Tis the season to love. <laughs> it's always the season to love. Welcome to Upstream. Babe, what movie did we watch this time for we, horror? We watched a movie called Unsane. 
and give our listeners an idea of how this movie was shot. <laughs> this movie was entirely shot on iPhone. What by the shit? Steven Soderbergh. What um, iPhone? Um, I think iPhone 10. I think so. Yeah, maybe iPhone, iPhone 10 or 11. I don't know. One of the newer ones. Newer ones, okay. Um, but not like the newest one or the last two. When they say that, does that mean it was filmed with one iPhone or multiple iPhones? Multiple iPhones. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm assuming so. I, I think it would be, it would overheat one iPhone too much to just... Mm, that makes sense. Just do that. But maybe I can look into that. They might have just had it. Uh, so the premise of this movie is it's about a woman who moves from Michigan to Boston, or from Boston to Michigan... Mm-hmm. Uh, to get away from her stalker, mm-hmm. and her, she starts hallucinating seeing her stalker in public places that she knows. Yeah, uh, he's not there. And work. Mm-hmm. And work and whatnot. And she goes to a clinic, uh, a mental health clinic, to talk to a shrink about these issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, to talk to a therapist about these talk to a therapist about these issues and the clinic basically tricks her into admitting herself voluntarily for seven days which it turns out in the state of michigan i guess for the premise of this movie they are allowed to hold you without question without question for seven days Mm -hmm. and then uh your insurance doesn't work or something like that it's like an insurance fraud Mm -hmm. thing uh so then she's inside the asylum essentially the clinic and she sees her stalker and at first we're like oh she's hallucinating again but you come to quickly understand that no he is actually there mm-hmm. actually harassing her and it just gets batshit fucking crazy from fucks there her life up fucking down. just absolutely upside down i mean mm-hmm. she she loses everything because mm-hmm. of this guy by the end of it it's 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 horrible yeah. it's horrible uh but the acting in this movie was insane. Keely, yeah. if anybody here watches Ted Lasso, yes, Keely, the actress who plays Keely, whose name is shoot, what the heck is her name? Oh, she Juno Juno Temple. Juno Temple. Yes, Juno Temple stole stole the show with with her little cameo throughout, and then Jay Farrow was in it as well. Yeah, that was shocking to me. That was an interesting casting choice. Um, I've never seen him in like a serious esque. Yeah, I liked him as Nate. That was his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's yeah, a good. yeah, he's a journalist who's who's doing a story on this insurance fraud. Yeah, and it kind of gives some uh, some clarity to why everybody is there in the first place. Because mm-hmm. uh, the the horror, I guess, in this movie, like the fate worse than death, would be nobody believing you that you're not supposed to be there yeah and he was able to sneak in a cell phone mm-hmm. um and i mean everyone else from my understanding didn't know what he was actually in there for because they believed him because he was leading like group mm-hmm. little therapy sessions together and um it was great and then bonded with um the main actress yeah, her name is Sawyer. Sawyer. Um, Claire Foy. And that's when he shared why he was really in there, because she had seen him talking on the phone, taking notes, like all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, because he got entangled in her story, he, spoiler, did not make it in the end. Mm-mm, no, he did not. Because it's a... we find out the stalker's actually there, and he 
<sighs> he gets rid of everyone she's entangled with, basically. Yeah, I just don't know what the laws are everywhere, obviously, as to what stalking looks like. Because in California, basically, you can basically in California you can't drop charges once a char- like once an accusation has been made. So let's say. Well, even restraining orders. I know, but what I'm saying is, like, let's say she hypothetically filed a restraining order, which she, she doesn't, which she does okay. in the movie, um, and then he does something, and then she decides she does, she doesn't want to press charges mm-hmm. because she's afraid or whatever. Yeah. The state of California then takes that case over, and it becomes the state of California versus, mm-hmm. you know, and his name is David Strine in the movie, yeah. so state David. of California versus David Strine. So I don't know what it's like in Michigan or in Boston, the two places the movie takes place. Uh, but it was a, the, the horrors of stalkers is something that isn't often in the limelight. And when it is, it's in like a joking sense with celebrities and people camping outside their house and stuff like that. But in a very real sense, there is few things as scary as a stalker. Um, and the ones that go far enough to literally make everyone else around you think you are bonkers crazy right and then you actually think you're bonkers crazy mm-hmm. go a little crazy because you don't understand what's happening mm-hmm. then you're losing everything around you moving around mm-hmm. literally flipping your life upside down and then she had to like play along right she played she played along in his little love yeah i thought that was an incredible scene. power shift yeah I where like she breaks his fantasy uh, shatters she, it. She knew what to do in TikTok words. She understood the assignment. She understood the assignment. Yeah, because that she knew calling Keely in or uh, Juno, mm-hmm. um, that she Jun um Keely. I'm just gonna call her Keely. Her name is in, Violet. Violet in the movie. I had a little shank on her, uh-huh. so she knew this because this girl is smart. Mm-hmm. Um, so. In a scene where she was trying to escape and was playing along with this guy, um, told him he needed to do a certain amount of a, a certain thing with Violet, mm-hmm. and he brought her into this. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in an all padded room, mm-hmm. and was genius and took the shank from him or from her. from her, and was able to escape on that. I mean, there was still more to come after the fact. Oh but yeah. That was still such like a power shift for her that I felt a lot more. I mean, unfortunately, Keely passed away. But <laughs> her real name is Juno Temple. Keely. But <laughs> the power shift of Keely's still very much seeing, alive. <laughs> we're we're seeing a hope of like, yes, this unfortunate thing happened, but like she's getting out. Yeah. And then the the like tussle scene is like okay, we don't know what's going to happen. And it's like, yes. Well, and the scary thing with stalkers is that you, you have no idea what the moment is or when the moment was that they decided you were their, you were the one. their obsession. Yeah. So you can't like, there's nothing you can do to prepare yourself. There's nothing you can like put in place to avoid that because they take the most seemingly meaningless moments, whether mm-hmm. it be like you handing them a fork or handing them back their wallet when you, they drop it as like the moment you met or you, when you become their soulmate. And his was just because she was there reading to the dad. She was, his was a little more intense because his was, she was there reading to his dad who had Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't talk to his dad. And he never spoke to his dad. Uh, he just stood there while she mm-hmm. read. 
And so basically he was creating a fantasy world in his head Mm -hmm. every day. So it was getting more and more intense. And as we know from studies of psychology, which sounds like I'm just making that up, but I promise Mm -hmm. I'm not. It, fantasy becomes reality eventually if if left unchecked so mm. you know the serial killer fantasizes about something before they go and do it the rapist fantasizes about something before they go and do it the you know the, the those extreme crimes that we often think of didn't just happen often don't just happen in the heat of the moment That's so scary. they are there's typically forethought beforehand and that's redundant there's typically forethought and um it, which is which is frightening, and I think that's what makes this movie super scary. Is that there's the horror of the system working against you. So there's the the yeah. fraudulent um, insurance system that this movie is trying to highlight, and at the exact same time, there's the real life horror of your stalker be- destroying your life, getting yeah, what they I, want. I forgot about the shank for a second. I was like, oh. She's trying to get him to fall in love with someone else mm-hmm. and create another fantasy. So mm-hmm. then he's not interested in her anymore. Mm-hmm. He's interested in Keely or Violet mm-hmm. and, you know, creates a whole other movie basically with her. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, oh, yeah. The shake. Um, but I thought that that was that was the power shift that that was going to happen of like her way out of just switching who he was. But do you think that that would have even worked, even if she tried that angle? Or what? was he so far gone in his fantasy with her? No, he was so far gone. There was no, mm-hmm. that, that wouldn't have worked. And I think she knew that wasn't going to work. She was just trying to uh, buy time to get the shank. Yeah. It was also really tough for me to watch it because it was crazy to think that that, act, not crazy to think. It is sad and scary to think that that happens every day mm-hmm. and that people who need and want help are sometimes being used as numbers or not treated in any sort of humane way. Yeah. And like, man, I understand from like a doctor's aspect or like they're working with people who are struggling every day and like, Sure, they're hearing all these like frantic stories of like, oh, this is happening, or I'm fine, or blah blah. blah and someone really may not be fine. There, there are times when they are, you know, telling the truth, and that's the difficult part of weaving out of is this person actually, you know, telling us something that we need to look into more, mm-hmm. or is this person just having a really tough day? Mm-hmm. And I feel like they didn't even give her that part of their brain at all she was just a cow being herded into this like the process of how she was getting scanned in Mm -hmm. i mean um uh, checked in checked in was horrible Mm -hmm. even it even if this was someone who checked themselves in voluntarily Mm -hmm. which from what they made it look like in the movie it was involuntary she just was waiting for the doctor and then they started calling her back and then Mm -hmm. having to walk back through a hospital that's dark and empty and you have no idea what's going on and then they're just like do this blah 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 now take off your clothes now give me all your things do this like not explaining anything to her yeah i mean the isolation treating her like a human well i think that's another aspect of the horror of this movie is the total isolation 
and then the false hope from her mom coming into the picture. Yeah. You know. It was her mom her mom was definitely going to get her out. Oh yeah, she was. Like that was that was definitely going to happen and I think that the stalker David he knew he knew that and that's why he did what he did, you know. That's that was that was another one that was like, "Oh my gosh, is he really going to get away with this?" Yeah, he is. I don't I'm having a hard time remembering how did he died? How did she finally get him? She got him in the woods, didn't she? When they tussled? I'm trying to remember how. Stabbed him cuz he had the shank. And he was going to kill her or he had something. He was going to kill her with it. And she like, she like did the, the, um, passion, not passion. Cause that makes it sound like she was in love with him, but it was like the, not just one stab. It was multiple. It was like, Oh, that's right. Multiple Cause steps. he breaks her ankle. Yeah. Ooh, that was that gnarly. Was, that was Ooh, terrible. God, that was horrible. Yeah. God, there's so many different layers to this one. Cause there is the, the discomfort of how it's shot. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that was a, purposeful artistic choice to have it on iphone so that it stays in this level of discomfort the entire time so there's that aspect of it and then there's the very real world aspect of the insurance fraud and then on top of that there's the the very real world aspect of this stalker who is yeah. who is actively you know d- d- destroying her life like it makes me i don't know how many people and women yeah. specifically die each year from a stalker in fact let's hang on let me look that up there's sadly, like, as much of, like, you know, people don't take celebrities serious when they talk about it, or even as much as people hate the Kardashians or, like, big-time celebrities, those celebrities still have really scary moments with stalkers. Like, Kendall Jenner had one break into her house. What? Like, yeah, like, I think Kylie had one, too. Like, there's been a couple celebrities where stalkers have actually gotten really close. And, like, I think it was Kylie, it might have been Kendall, but same thing where it was, like, they found out where she lived and, like, continued to send, like, mail. But, like, you can imagine with a stalker, that mail adds up and then it gets very uncomfortable, the things they send. And so it's just, like, you don't feel safe in your Mm -hmm. own house. Yeah. Okay, so I found this website. Uh, It's called... It's the NCADV. Uh, looks like it's like an online uh, help for domestic violence, domestic violence and stalking. Um, and it has 16 facts about stalking in the United States. And here's here they are. So uh, number one is a 2011 survey found 5.1 million women and 2.4 million men have been stalked the, the previous wow. year. Uh, one in every six women and one in every 19 men in the United States have been stalked in their lifetime. And then many times a stalker is someone the victim knows. So almost three out of four stalking victims know they're stalkers in some capacity. The most common relationship between the victim and perpetrator is a current or former intimate partner. 66% of female stalking victims were stalked by current or former intimate partners. And then it says why stalking matters. 81% of women who were stalked by a current or former husband or cohabitating partner were also physically assaulted by that partner, while 31% were sexually assaulted. And it says our youngest population are at the most risk. People aged 18 to 24 have the highest rate of stalking Mm -hmm. victimization. And it says state laws don't always protect against stalking victims. So it says, although stalking is a crime in all 50 states, less than one third of states classify stalking as a felony if it's a first offense. This leaves stalking victims without protections afforded to victims of other violent crimes. And then it goes on to say there's a stalking and femicide. So 76% of women murdered by an intimate partner were stalked first. 
while 85% of women who survived murder attempts were stalked. 89% of femicide victims who had been physically assaulted before their murder were also stalked in the last year prior to their murder, and 54% of femicide victims reported stalking to the police before they were killed by their stalkers. And the last thing is the impact. Uh, One in seven stalking victims has been forced to move because of their victimization. Mm -hmm. Stalking victims suffer much higher rates of depression, anxiety, insomnia, and social dysfunction than the general population. Mm. 86% of victims surveyed reported that their personalities had changed as a result of being stalked. 37% of stalking victims fulfill the diagnostic criteria for post-traumatic stress disorder, and an additional 18% fulfilled all but one diagnostic criteria. One in four stalking victims contemplated suicide, and one in eight stalking victims has reported losing work because of the stalking. More than half of these victims reported losing five or more days of work. So it's, it's a clearly an issue. It's, a, it's a, an issue across state lines, across the country. So that, that needs to be probably talked about a lot more. Well, let's talk about I have a question. Yeah. Where is the line that starts stalking? Like when you feel unsafe, talk, if we're talking about un, like a romantic partner, uh-huh. where does it start? Where like this person's just trying to get you back mm. to this person's now stalking me. I think when you turn, when you say to that person, stop, mm-hmm. stop following me, stop trying to get back with me. And that person doesn't, then it crosses that line. So with that definition, then I would be able to say I was stalked. Oh, absolutely. And that's terrifying. Cause I've never thought about thought it that, that way. Yeah, absolutely. But like, Work was involved. Mm-hmm. Notes were left on car. Cars yeah. was car was damaged. Yep. iCloud was hacked into. Right. Yeah. That person that you are referring to and that story that you are referencing. Yes. That that's is, a, that would be that's it. the line where it was crossed of like mm-hmm. this. I mean, it did get into a very dangerous, obviously, situation. Mm-hmm. But that's where it starts yep. for women in. I mean, men or women in the statistics of it was someone in a romantic relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's terrifying. Wow, look at that. Yeah. Therapy on our podcast. Nicole was realizing she well, and, had that situation. Well, and what's, I think what's frustrating, too, is that there seems to be not only a lack of interest, but a lack of resources. Yeah. So, like, what, what is the expectation? If you go into the police station and you share that you have a stalker, yeah. and, right, so you file a restraining order, mm-hmm. there isn't enough people on the force to, to follow you around yeah, to no. know that this person is there. And a lot of times that's why they're too late. And there's been so many women cases that mm-hmm. I've known about where they did report it and that person ended up killing them. Yeah. And then they like don't find out until like months later where they're like, oh, there's actually a record that they put a restraining order. Yeah. It's like no one just followed up or no one took it seriously. Right. And that's sad to like hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Wow. That is crazy. I know. All right. Let's see what the tomatoes gave it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This so, came out when? This came out in Isn't 2018. He's 18. Okay. What would you give it? 80. I would give it an 85. Audience score probably 90 or 84. 85. Okay. Ooh. Low? Low boy? The tomato meter gave it 80%. Oh, I was right on the money. But the audience score is 58%. Oh. People did not like this movie. Interesting. wonder if it was because it was shot on an iPhone. There was a couple shots that I didn't like. Oh, no, I didn't. Because of it being shot on an iPhone. Oh, weird. Yeah, I didn't feel like that at all. I thought it was epic uh, and a a very good choice. But let me see. There's such a stark difference. 
How do the tomatoes meter people get it so right? They got the Grinch so wrong. <laughs> but they did this one right, and then the audience did it so wrong. Yeah, I mean... That often is the opposite. The tomato <sighs> is lower than the audience. I think, like, even with movies uh, such as The Green Knight, mm. there is an element of respect that a critic can have. That, on that. Well, there is an element of respect for the film and the process that a, a yeah. critic can have that perhaps like an audience filming. member doesn't. Yeah. So there is we have to give them that as well. That's true. For this movie, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, there's a ton of audience reviews. Maybe it came out see. during a time where another a better movie came out. It was one of those that got like hidden under. Oh, so it looks like a lot of the reviews that were negative are um uh, talking about the the lack of believability. Hmm. Yeah, I mean the, the I'm so I'm reading some of these critical reviews and I I get what they're saying. It, it I maybe we just have to rewatch it. I, a lot of times, well, no, because it's subjective. <laughs> Still, this is like how we felt about the forest. Forest had a terrible review, terrible, mm-hmm. terrible, terrible. Mm-hmm. We haven't rewatched it, so maybe in the future we'll rewatch it and hate it. But that first go around, it was, I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this movie was well acted, well is there executed. Would have changed though. I would have done a little more work. I would have had like a um, a parallel drama of what the law is capable of helping her with and what was actually happening because mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of explanation as to why yeah. this hospital was able to do this and how this happens and why it happens. Mm-hmm. And I guess Jay Farrell's character was supposed to be some sort of link to the outside world who was also interested in how this happens, mm-hmm. but they never explore that. We don't know the laws. We don't know how the laws dictate this. We just hear him kind of explain to her that this is what happens and that they're able to do this because of some re- something with insurance. So maybe they could have continued that narrative with the mom and had her live a little longer and then we would have been able to... Like, we witnessed her going to the police station, mm-hmm. but that was it. Maybe we would have witnessed her, like, talking to a lawyer, like, and giving the, like, straight... uh like evidence and the restraining order and like she had there was a scene where like she was on the phone with a lawyer yeah and it didn't sound like it was a whole lot of helpful information but i feel like it was like they quickly touched it they could have like had a sit down with a lawyer and he could have explained the laws and that yeah that scene where the lawyer hangs up on her felt very authentic with my recent lawyer experience where i called to ask a question and he just answered it and hung up didn't even wait for my response yeah that was bummer um yeah i think they missed an opportunity to have a parallel storyline where we we could have followed the mom Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to navigate the laws of that state to get her out what was the mom's name in the movie um the mom's name angela angela hashtag keep angela alive longer (laughs) yeah exactly because i mean the 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 movie is arguing that this is a this is an issue within mental health circles within like hospitals. So show me, like show me how the law fails and why that's horrific. Show me how the horror isn't just in her mind that there is a real evil happening outside. Yeah, man, they really fucked with your brain for a while. Right, because once that once that guise was pushed through, once we understood that he was actually there and that she is both hallucinating but also he is really there mm-hmm. then the drama of that kind of subsided and now i now i want to know how the fuck they're able yeah. to exist in this hospital the way they are yeah um yeah that would have been that would have been more helpful i would have changed that for sure 
I wouldn't have cast Jay Farrell. I was just going to ask, would you have casted anyone differently? Because yeah. he like did okay, but I just don't see him in that role. Yeah, M- me either. Um, Who would you have casted? I think I would have casted Bradley Cooper. Yeah, somebody with Bradley Cooper's personality. Like that, that type of character actor, I guess, mm-hmm. when he's not a character actor, but I don't know. Jay Farrell's distracting to me because he is so comedic. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, and I his facial expression. It's t- it's tough for a comedic actor to slip into drama without it being distracting a little. Yeah. Um, he still did good. If you hear this, since you're a close friend of ours, no, he did a great job. That's the thing is, but but yet it was just it was distracting. Like Jay Farrell is Jay Farrell. Like, is he gonna do an impersonation? Is mm-hmm. he gonna do uh, like a comedic bit? You know, where's the line kind of? Uh, I I didn't hate having him there. I just think I would have had somebody different. Maybe yeah. I'm, and I'm trying to think. I know you said Bradley Cooper. That would have been interesting for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. There are a lot of options. Yeah. She was casted perfectly. Oh, yeah, she was. Yeah, Claire Foy did a great job uh, playing this person who's slowly unraveling. And did you like the ending? In the Like ending, ending, or ending, ending of that? Ending, ending. When she's in the office or the restaurant or whatever, and she believes he's still there even though we know for a fact he's dead i know he's dead and Mm -hmm. she's still seeing him and i think what that cuts to a year later was it three years later a year later i think or like six months later i don't know because obviously trauma is tough Uh uh-huh and that is not something she's going to easily be able to work through like it's going to be a while yeah she has some sort of normalcy yeah but i don't know I don't know, because it's, it's showing a realistic journey of what she's going to have to go through, even though uh-huh. he's dead. It's like, yeah. yes, she was able to get out of that, mm-hmm. but she, like, they even made the comment of how much money she made of with the, like, suing them for putting her in there and mm. that stuff. Like, that friend made that comment about how much money she made. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. I missed that. She, she talked about, um, like... It was like an even though comment, mm. of like even though I made all this money, like Is she still had yeah. the she still had the tone right. of how she was living life beforehand, and then seeing that it was just like man, like yeah, we're all rooting for her to get out of this, and then we're like yeah, she's out of it, woohoo! Mm-hmm. And then our brain just goes oh she's out of it, great. But then it's like okay, let's be realistic. Right, she's not really out of this because she lost her mom. Mm-hmm. She lost her life. Lost her life. Yeah. She just went through that very traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. So, like, other people died. She was also locked in a trunk with her dead mom's body. Oh, yeah, that was rough. Like, that was on. rough. She went through the, like, one of the most traumatic things. And, I mean, and then saw that the way she was able to escape was to stab him, but then he took it out with ring, um, snapping violet's neck and like she had to she's gonna have to process that too of like was that my fault right because i brought her in there but i needed to get out yeah so it's just like making me humanize her of like this is stuff she's still gonna have to struggle with i hope she doesn't accidentally kill anyone because she thinks it's him sure i hope i hope she can have some normalcy and meet someone and live some sort of a happy life i would wish that but 
Yeah, I mean, like a life a life of normalcy for her would be incredibly difficult at this point, just because of how, yeah, absolute fucked she has been <laughs> up to this point. Like it is like, just t- think about her explaining that story to someone. Oh, I'm sure. Like, how do you? And that's the thing is like. It's not only like the, the 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 victim is not only victimized by the stalker. It's also when the stalker is no longer in the picture, like you have to relearn how to live life and how to trust people again. Like, how could you ever trust somebody again or trust yourself around people after something like that happened? When somebody took something so benign as like reading your reading a story to your dying father mm-hmm. as a clue you're just to doing your job as a exactly as a clue to being your soulmate. Like you're just doing your job. <sighs> right wow. that's the disturbing part of human behavior so that i th- and then to go back again to what we always go back to right the fate worse than death is still i think um you know the your mind being your own prison so not being able mm-hmm. to escape your own personal hell yeah even when you are free from it that's crazy which is frightening to say the least i mean that would be everybody's biggest fear i would say to a certain extent yeah is whatever you're worried about being a, a constant in your brain like a staple thought when you look at a wall you see that picture yeah. that'd be tough that'd be tough that'd um, be really tough yeah so i again i want to know specifically what the laws are i wanted a i wanted yeah. a parallel story or i wanted an underlying current that could lead us to understand why she was able to be put in there in the first place what the laws are and why they were able to do that mm-hmm. because that is interesting, and it's also horrific to think that there are laws in place that don't protect somebody from this. Yeah, I, I, I think that's just as scary as the monster under the bed, mm-hmm. is that there's a stalker and that the laws in your state don't protect you from them potentially killing you or ruining yeah. your life, right? That, to me, is just as scary as Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah, I like I, I know some people are like, yeah, whatever, but I'd be down for them to make a second one and for us to go through the journey of it like going like, Ending when he died mm-hmm. and when she got, like, when she escaped mm-hmm. to the process of when she went through, because she, she won a settlement of some sort. Mm-hmm. So suing the, I don't know if she did state, they never said what, um, or the clinic and, like, what happened to the clinic. Because it alluded to, like, the clinic had already had some mistreatments and, mm-hmm. like, that and then her life after and like her in therapy mm-hmm. her trying to have any sort of normal life work mm-hmm. balance relationship balances mm-hmm. i'd be really interested in that because i could that is still very intense movie they could still make like literally i would watch a whole movie about a woman who just survived yeah uh, 100%. Uh, so stalking like just her day-to-day yeah what the relationships look like right what life look like looks like through her eyes that is an interesting story in itself. And that is a story that hasn't been told, I don't, I don't think, nearly enough. Yeah. And, you know, one glaring thing about this story that sticks out to me is one that she's white, so we only have that perspective, mm-hmm. and that she's heterosexual, so mm-hmm. we have that perspective. So, yeah. like, there are still incredibly multifaceted uh, pathways that can be taken for this story Absolutely. that have yet to be told, right? That we can, yeah. that we can totally do with. So, good to know. I mean, we, we have the ability to tell these stories and to highlight mm-hmm. these stories and to help people not feel so alone and crazy. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest enemy to her in this movie was isolation because when nobody was able to help her, she couldn't help herself. I mean, yeah. she did, she did help herself, but like that, not everybody has that 
that gusto, yeah. right? That drive to to fight. The statistics that you read uh-huh. earlier, like, yeah. not everyone makes it. Right, right, exactly, exactly. And a lot of the laws we have now are because of things that happened. Like, the laws were written after something terrible happened. So then they had yeah. to make something, they had to change something to make it more protective of the victims of crimes like these. Wow. And it's crazy that there are, I don't know what California's laws are, but I'm pretty sure that you get put in jail, at least overnight, if you are accused of stalking. Uh, or if there's like uh, something of the sort, but I don't know. I know restraining orders you can keep like to get a restraining or a temporary restraining order. You just have to say you felt threatened. Yeah. Yeah. We know that in California for sure. Yeah. I just don't know what the laws are when you are charged with stalking oh, and you like go it. to court. I don't know what oh, that okay. process is. Yeah. But I would be interested to know. And if anybody's willing to wait, <clears throat> make that movie, I would watch it because I think that's very interesting and would yeah. be an important piece of art for people to gaze upon would you recommend this to friends and fam absolutely and how would you recommend it that's a great question i would recommend it with the caveat being it's a mental journey Mm -hmm. uh it can potentially be very triggering Mm -hmm. depending on where you are at and what you have experienced thus Mm -hmm. far in life horror i believe often does trigger those things because it is asking us to look at something we're afraid of. And so Nicole Nicole. Nicole is slowly realizing that. (laughs) Yeah. Horror horror is look, this isn't real. Most of the time it's look, this isn't real, so don't be scared. Mm -hmm. But with a movie like this, it's look, it's real Mm -hmm. and it's scary. Uh don't be afraid because it's just a movie, but recognize that it's a reality for some people. Or for a lot of people. Yeah. So I, I think I would recommend it with, you know, with, a, with some light warnings of, well, what are you comfortable with watching? How do you feel about X, Y, and Z? But as an as a artistic medium, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's one of the reasons why we encourage people to go make art in the first place, because you can use your iPhone. I mean, you have a freaking iPhone and you can make a whole movie. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the... If you are somebody... That is crazy. If you're somebody who's sitting at home thinking, I can't make a movie because I only have my iPhone, go watch this movie. Do it right now. Go watch this movie. Nicole and Seven told you to do it. We told you to do it. You know, we one of our projects here at Upstream is that we want to make a movie, a short film, for each genre that we are... Mm -hmm. That we're talking about. So, I already wrote a short film for comedy and that's in the production that's in production right now or it's in pre-production right now and then after we finish horror i'm going to write a script for horror and the reason we want to do this is because when we watch these movies it is a mirror pointing back to us what we are afraid of and why and so for me as a writer to go back now and then sit down and figure out what i think is funny why i think it's funny what i think is poignant what i think is horror what i think will add to the story what i think takes away based on these conversations that Nicole and I are having, it just makes it for, it makes it all a little more holistic and a little more enjoyable for us, honestly. Mm -hmm. So we get to see the movie, talk about it, and then go and try and do our best. And a movie like this gives us a lot of hope because like I said, shot entirely on iPhone. So if you are a young, if you're a young filmmaker, uh, Grant Sweeney, if you're listening, my friend, you know, Mm -hmm. this, these are, this is a good movie to think about because of how, hard it is to make a movie but how much easier it is to just go do something go go yeah. try so yeah. yeah i would recommend this in, in my in my long-winded way yes i would recommend this to family and friends <laughs> yeah I'd would you recommend I this to family and friends lightly yeah recommend it lightly yeah was it a good would it make like a top 10 list of horror movies for you 
Yes, that I would watch again? Probably not. I'm realizing really... <laughs> that there is a couple triggers in there for me that I didn't know till this moment. So. Yeah, yes, trigger trigger warning, as we said at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, um, I, but I would still recommend, just slightly, and I would recommend it to... Has Christina seen this one? Did we talk to her about this one? Oh, her horror buff friend? Horror buff friend? Um, I don't think so. I don't mm. think so, but... We'll have to should, tell her about we, it. We should, we should share that. Well, um, yeah, well, this is a recommended lightly um, film, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, it was a wonderful film. Yep. It so, was done well. It was done well. <laughs> thanks for swimming upstream with us. Thanks for swimming. Hey, and thanks for sticking in there with these with these heavy movies. We didn't realize how heavy horror was going to be. Heavy horror. That's what we call well, it I, now. Well, I mean, I guess before we sign off, part of the reason is Nicole and I are trying to pick horror movies that look that are that are good and a lot of their content matter is obviously very dark because it's horror uh but you know we're trying our best to still make the conversations important and interesting instead of just focusing on you know it was scary yeah so thanks for hanging in there and thanks Thanks, for continuing to swim upstream with us thanks for being vulnerable with us yeah we appreciate it love you and babe i love love you love you And I'll see you next time on Upstream. See you next time on the next horror. This is Torrance. (laughs) Red Rum. Red (laughs) Rum. Hey, it's Stefan. Thanks again for listening to Upstream. Nicole and I didn't start this podcast because we like watching movies. No, we started this podcast because we love watching movies together. Movies, like so many other artistic mediums, are often attempts to escape reality, especially when reality hits hard. Therefore, this message is for you, the listener. To know that we don't know what you're going through exactly, but we hope you find a movie that helps you feel not so alone, and maybe even encourages you to go find someone to watch a movie with. With that in mind, here are a few clips to hopefully help you remember that movies can help you know how colorful and wonderful life truly is. Until next time. I promise I will not kill you until you reach the top. That's very comforting, but I'm afraid you'll just have to wait. If I may repay the kindness you once showed me. Take a knee. This is it, Joel. It's gonna be gone soon. I know. Yes! Behold my Lord Auric! The Rock! The hard place! Like a wind from Geldland, he sweeps by, blown far from his homeland in search of glory and honor. We walk in the garden of his turbulence. The day I realized Fanny was in love with me was strange. It was the day he gave Mama that sculpture. Dear Mr. Will, one thing I've learned in 20 years in education is that there are two sides to every story. So I think I can imagine what started the fight. While nothing justifies striking another student, I know good friends are worth defending. Give me a head. Let your head rest in my hand. Relax. I got you, I promise. I'm not gonna let you go. Hey man, I got you. There you go. Ten seconds. See that right there? You in the middle of the 